Good evening, Patriots. And it's Saturday, January 22nd in the year 2022. And we still, by name, have a country. And every single day, we see that kind of slowly being chipped away. So I hope you're active in your communities to start building strongholds because we're going to need it, I'll tell you. Before we begin tonight, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation homepage and landing page on MyPillow. There's some tremendous savings going on right now over on MyPillow, and you can also find many of those savings at MyPillow.com. Go to the front page and scroll down to the radio listeners box. You can use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. There's all sorts of fantastic savings going on right now, 50% off on just enormous number of things, including the comforters, which are just incredible, so great. 50% 50% off on my slippers, 50% off on all sorts of towels. Just fantastic savings. And all with your Bards code, B-A-R-D-S. So if you head on over to MyPillow.com, use your promo code Bards, and scroll down to that radio listeners box. Check out all this great savings. You can also use the Bards code on my store and on FrankSpeech.com. Also, we have The Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com. Your promo code there is BARDS. You can save 20% off on what I think is the Bible for our time. It's an NASB 1995 edition with our founding fathers' documents worked throughout Scripture. It's an amazing lesson in God's Word, as well as an amazing lesson in our own history to witness just how much our founding fathers used Scripture and verse as a living language. So again, thefoundersbible.com. Use your forward, use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, in the coupon section and save 20% on the Bibles. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. It's the home of the Bards Nation Coffee. It's a fantastic coffee designed for this time. It gives you a boost of energy in the morning, carries through all day long without getting the burnout from caffeine, keeps you mentally focused, boosts your serotonin, and at the same time, It also enhances your immune system. That's part of a whole health ecosystem. It's available on ExpeditionCoffee.com. That's X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. And when you go there, you'll see other products that all work in concert together to create a health ecosystem to help reclaim our health sovereignty. Starting with the coffee, Expedition Coffee, and then you have the Gut Health Triad, which will help heal and seal your gut. It's tremendous products. We have gut, leaky gut is one of the primary causes of illness, which is, of course, pharmaceutical doesn't want you to know about because then you wouldn't take one of their bioweapon drugs. We have Immune XP, which is an immune booster, high in vitamin C based on pine cone extract. We also have Earth, which is a full body supplement, nutrient mix in a powder. Mix it one scoop with water, drink it all day long. It's all the nutrients your body's going to need for the full day. And you have Pure 47, which is one of the most refined silver extracts on the market. It's a nano-level extract, and it is amazing. It'll isolate pathogens in your body, including the full range of HIV and the SARS-CoV bioweapons that they've been deploying against us. So again, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com, and check out all those products to help reclaim your health sovereignty. Well, Patriots, I hope you've had a good Saturday. It's been kind of an interesting day overall. And a lot of reflection as I've been driving around once again, working on my <laughs> my Jeep bumper, only to discover today that they sent me 
the wrong bumper. That's a nice surprise when you have everything torn apart. You spend about an hour getting the new taillights put in, and then you go to fit the bumper, and it's three-eighths of an inch off. So either they sent me the wrong one or they made it wrong. I don't know which, but we'll find out on Monday. But those such as the things, I, I swear, the first thing I want to call up and say, uh, was anybody there wearing a mask all day when they were making this? Because it shows. Somebody didn't have enough oxygen to their brain. But we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll keep that going. So one of the observations that I've made is I have gone all around, and I, I see this every day, and I'm just kind of processing it a bit. And we're very fixated right now on the vax, obviously, and we're very fixated on the, the war against our freedoms. And we're trying to wake people up. And with that, we're having some interesting issues within the two sexes. By the way, it's there are only two sexes, biological, and there are no there's not a multiplicity of gender choice. Just so we're clear, in case you're here and you think this is going to be friendly to LGBTQ, you're wrong. It won't be. But I, I want to start today, and I want to read a little bit of Genesis, and I want to kind of set the context for what I'm going to go into today. And I, I'm just going to pre-warn you. I'm, I'm going to get into some topics that I, I'm probably going to challenge some folks, and I hope so, because I think we have to reflect pretty deeply on what's going on in our world right now. So when we go to Genesis 2, beginning at 4, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day of the Lord, and the day of the Lord made heaven and earth. And then we skip on down to the uh, Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. Now, I want to go back up. This is an interesting piece because I want to point out something here. Genesis 2.9. Out of the ground the Lord caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I find this interesting because good and evil is a binary. God didn't create anything else in the garden, apparently, except binary. And it doesn't suggest that he made the tree of life, or the tree of knowledge. It just says, and the tree of knowledge. So I'm just... It's a little semantic issue, but it's kind of important because when we start to realize that right away there appears a content, a competition, if you will, of good and evil, black and white, one and zero, which is what we're fighting today. Okay? So we're going to cruise on down here a little bit. And, of course, God makes Adam, has Adam name everything, and Adam's looking for someone suitable to help her for him, and he doesn't find anybody. And... God then fashions, puts Adam to sleep, and the Lord fashions into a woman the rib that he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Then man said, this is now bone for my bones and flesh of my flesh. flesh. She shall be called woman because she she was taken out of man. 
For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now, this kind of sets the foundation for what, how we see the world, an important one, which is the sanctity of, of marriage and, and the union of, of man and wife. So I want to make an observation here. It's kind of an interesting one. As we get into this story, we're going to start to see that there is the corruption. And obviously, whether it's comfortable or not, the corruption comes through the woman as she is enticed by the serpent to eat from the tree of knowledge. And then she shares that with Adam. So we're going to read that now. So this is Genesis 3, which is called the fall of man. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, God has said, We shall not eat from it or touch it or, we, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it, has, it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took from it fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband with her and, the, and ate. Then the eyes of them were opened and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and had and made themselves loin coverings. So they, they learned, they became embarrassed about themselves as God had. And naked can be physical or metaphorical. But here's my point. This was kind of what we call the first, the first sin, right? Which now separates Adam and Eve from God. And... If you listen to the words what the serpent is saying, he's plying towards the emotional things. And he feeds that, and the woman responds with unemotional response. When she saw the tree was good, which is in a, a kind of a response to the tree for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, that's an emotional response, and that the tree was desirable, an emotional response, to make one wise, she took from it its fruit and ate. So I want you to pay attention to the world around you, but I find something very interesting right now, and it's this. As I walk around, I've seen a lot of people in my small town still gagged with this face diaper, but this is what I always see. I always see that the force of that is coming from the woman. I know this is going to make people uncomfortable, but here's the bottom line. The woman is connected to the child and the woman is the center power in the home right now and in a culture right now where we are elevating women to the sense of power it's happening everywhere women are running for office women are being elevated in the media women are being portrayed as leaders in every single current series or film that you currently have and so with this is becoming with this an incredible responsibility if we're going to embrace that reality but i watched and I see this all the time. I will see couples and it will be the woman that will be wearing the mask. 
Now, here's the dilemma that we're in. First of all, the first question I ask is, are women challenging women? And I have not seen it. I'm not saying it's not happening, but I have not seen it. Now, women work differently than men. Men tend to be pretty solo. We're pretty good on our own. We get together in fellowship with friendships, but we, we walk by ourselves pretty easily. That's unless you've been soy boyed and then you have to feel like you have to be in some sort of collective to coexist, to, to make it through this very difficult world. But if you're a man and you have strength, you're able to walk on your own. But women are very collective. They like to come together in groups. Now, there's a fine line, and I'm going to be clear what I'm going to say here. There's a fine line between coming together in a group and becoming a coven. Now, with this, we're being channeled as the state is working with this. It's interesting to watch what's happening. From the very beginning in the garden, it was the woman that was influenced to create the separation between man and God. And once again, we are in that sin once again. The women are being influenced emotionally to lead and push their children, push the family to wear masks and separate us from God. And I'm going to put this as a question. I want you all to think about this. It strikes me that we are back at the original sin. What is happening right now is not localized. What is happening is happening everywhere across the globe. And so we are literally in a point, in my opinion, of having being able to reshape and remake the original sin or fall again by the original sin. And the avenue to make that happen is through the woman. Now, here's where the challenge is. I will hear this from women. They'll say like, I'm not doing it. Okay. That's cool. If a man sees another man wearing a mask and he challenges him, there's no issue here. And this is an important point. We may not like hearing it from another. and There may be some contention from one another. It, there might be some chest pumping or something like this. But a man and a man can have a direct conversation. It is not possible for a man to approach a woman. Can't do it. If we do, we're going to be at risk of being perceived as going after somebody's wife, challenging somebody in the family. The man will step in. Or worse, if it gets to be a heated argument, then we can be charged with sexual assault, sexual influence, intimidation, all sorts of things. All the woman has to do is scream bloody murder, and it's harassment. And the world will spin on its head. If a woman goes after a man, society thinks that's okay too. In fact, the man has few defenses. If a woman becomes caustic and belligerent, if a man becomes caustic and belligerent and I smack him, any reasonable sheriff or cop is going to go, dude, you deserved it. If a woman becomes caustic and nearly violent to a man, a man has to take it and the society will defend her. 
I'm painting this picture very importantly. And here's the deal. Women have been given an enormous amount of power, whether men, whether we like it or not, women, you have been given an enormous amount of power. The question is, how are you going to use it? We're in a very critical point right now, and God is working through many different people, and God will work through who hears him best and responds. I have said many times I have enormous respect for the women that have stood up in this fight. Many women have led with their businesses, defended their family all over the situations of masks and, and vaccines. But equally, many women have led their families and have led their children into the vaccine and the mask. They have committed the original sin in a new way. And I'm just, that's metaphorical, okay? But they're committing a massive sin. They're submitting their children to the sacrifice of Baal. So there's a couple of issues there. At the home, we would hope that men would stand up. Today I witnessed that, not that impossibility, but we know how that works at home. The woman's going to get the last say. She always is in a relationship. End of story. If a woman's upset about something, she's not going to let it go until she gets the last word. Women, hate to say it, you know it's true. And the fact is that in this period of time, it's not a joke and it's not something to laugh at because what women are doing is they're using the motivation that they're being driven by fear to get the last word. And in the process, as a society, we're being steered once again by the serpent using the emotional line. Now, I want you to observe something else. When you take a look at the LGBTQ culture, there is a constant theme in almost every person that follows the liberal line of LGBTQ. And what is it? Everything they do is driven by emotions. Women, you are driven by emotion. Like it or not, argue it all you want. It's an emotional stimulus. Now, the question is, can you grow up beyond it and become better than it? I think you can. But the problem is that when we are, what we're seeing happening right now as a society is that women do work in groups. They like to. This is a collective thing. Men like to work independently. So what does that say about our governance? Because I'm seeing it. And I'm, this is an observation that is not limited to my little town. It's all over the country. That women are coming together, and as they step into leadership, they want to build this little collective group of women around them. And if a man is entered in, even if the women are conservative, if a man is let in, they're not going to be at the point. They're going to be cast to the side. That's an upside-down world from what God intended. We're in a bit of a, a conundrum here, aren't we? And the problem is that the only way that it's going to be resolved is that women, you have to approach women because men can't. We can police men and hopefully in a relationship, in a marriage, there can be enough respect for one another that the women, woman will listen to the man and respect that. But a good relationship is not a dominant one. It's a, it's a respectful relationship where both are working together for it's a common goal of being closer in relationship to Christ and God. But the problem we have here is that women have ultimate domain over the children and in the household. That's just the way it works. That's the nesting part. 
And if the women are influencing the mask and influencing the vax, nothing's going to change by the men. Nothing. Because men can't cross that line. We are being thrust into a world, whether we like it or not, that women are going to be leading. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's such an imbalance, and I'm not, I hate imbalances. But from President Trump to Obama to everyone has been pushing women to the forefront. And women are loving it. But with great gifts comes great responsibility. And what I am witnessing is, and my opinion, is that we're not seeing great responsibility. We're seeing some, but not great. And this is the problem that we're heading into as a country. Because our system was designed, originally was designed by men, but it has now been completely inverted. The intent on both parties is to push as many women forward. And to the credit of women, they're stepping up. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. But the responsibility now, women, is that you are going to have to start considering what leadership looks like. Because there's a fine line, like I said, between a collective leadership and a coven. And when you start to create a closed group and you start to work closed amongst yourselves and you start to lead in that same fashion, it quickly migrates pretty close to a coven. We should neither of us desire at this point in time to be dominant over the other. But the problem is, that's exactly what we're seeing. And it's driven heavily by the leftist politics, which has at its core Luciferian worship, which takes us right back to the garden. I don't know how we get out of this conundrum. I really don't. And it's been on my mind all day long. It's been a difficult one. Because we're lacking good, strong men in our culture, number one. And now it's that vector I'm going to step into. Because men have by virtue of being attacked, abused, beaten down, financially squeezed out, a lot of men have just stepped out of the game. And rather than being promoted and pushed and encouraged by women, women are just stepping into the void. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's kind of where we're at. And there's a really good narrative floating around that most people buy into to one degree or another that we got here because of bad male leadership. Fact is, we got here because of corruption within the soul of human beings, plural. And when we get down to the functioning of, of a household, and we look at what drives the household, purchasing and buying is very often resting with the woman. This is going to take a very big responsible shift in our perspective and have to take a pretty deep look at ourselves. And it isn't an easy, it isn't just something we reflect off and say, well, Satan did it. The devil did it. Um, well, women are in charge. So just suck it up. If that's how we're going to be, we're going to be right back where we were and probably faster. 
and probably worse. We need to start looking at the roles that we're in and avoid repeating the patterns of old. To me, as I've reflected on this all day and I go back to the original sin, I find that we're there again. And I'm just going to say that in strongly in my position, that this is as if we're given a repeat and a chance to do it differently. And yet I don't think we are yet. And though the original sin was eating from the tree of knowledge, the new version of that 2.0 is believing in the tree of fear but being given an opportunity to find new hope and new opportunities through the digital realm and the trust in, quote, science. And we're seeing it all over the place. So women, there is a responsibility that goes with where you're stepping in, and it's a big one. And the first responsibility isn't towards men, it's policing your own. And you're going to have to do it. Because men can't touch it. And it is essential that if we're going to win this, that we work in tandem, in partnership with one another, men and women. But women, you have to step into this fight deeper in the place of women on women. Because we can't touch that. There's no way I can walk down and and, uh, confront somebody with a mask. I've been accosted by some woman. Whatever. And, and I just walk away. But there's nothing. See what I just said? I walk away. Why? Because I'm smart enough to know that if I get engaged there, it's going to go really bad. Now, here's another problem. And it's something, again, that in this time and in this place, we're going to have to like step back and ask what we're doing. And this goes to both sexes, by the way. Look, I, I know that we're in a, we're a somewhat... We're intended to come together biblically, but in the time of a war, whether you want to accept that or not, in a time of, let's put it this way, on the verge of extinction of humanity, this isn't a time to be looking for a date and a marriage partner. Right now is time to focus. If you come together and you're, you're paired and you're working together, that's awesome. But this is a time to stay focused on the fight ahead. And that goes from both sides. I mean, look, I've said this before. If, if there's one thing that, I mean, men have become so neutered that they find their pleasure, so many and a lot do, I'm not just, I'm going to say a lot do, find their pleasure in their sexual enticements through the internet porn. And here's the other side of that. The rise of women seeking pleasure through porn has escalated phenomenally since COVID. Yep, goes two ways. So we're going to have to start coming together. And women, you're in that place where you have been thrust into leadership, whether you like it or not. That's really not a, an issue. It's the fact it's here. And there's a place here. And these are difficult topics, I know, because I'm not sitting here throwing stones at people. But I, there's some very legitimate observations that we have to settle and look at and to be truthful with ourselves. And the world's not getting any safer. 
you know, there's a headline today of a woman that was with her child in the home and her girlfriend's boyfriend, who's some Mexican thug, came over and beat her to death with a bat. I mean, we're, we're seeing... We're seeing so much of this. And what's the, what's the theme there? Well, she has her child, and she's obviously divorced. The bankruptcy of the, of the marriage and the bankruptcy of man, men's role is phenomenal. And I truly mean that. It's, it's, it's beyond imagination. Men have, as a whole, men have not been the strong backbone in our nation that we would expect and as I said earlier, and I've said many times on this show, we are indebted to the women who have stood up boldly to lead this fight. So I'm, no way am I taking a sexist position tonight. But there are some very real limitations to what men can do these days. And as women are eager to take the lead role, and I run into this all the time, each of you as women have to start thinking about what that looks like. So if you're accustomed to doing everything with your girlfriends, as an example, and you're accustomed to pulling together women's prayer groups, as an example, all right, how does that look like when you take leadership in a position in the city or leadership in your county or leadership at the state or leadership in the nation? Are you receiving an advising council that's both men and women, but not some soy boy cuck of a, of a man, but rather you're going to take leadership from advice or from an advising council of strong, wise men? That's the question. Because what happens many times is when women get empowered, they don't want to hear from a stronger man. And that's, that's not how we have to work here, not how we can work here. So we are in a, a real challenging moment as a society because the very foundation which God set this world upon and the relationship of men and women have been, has been completely shaken up. I mean, we, literally it's been put through a meat grinder. So here's, a, here's just a little sidebar on this, and it's not directly related to this, but it's still, it falls in the domain prime, more of the woman than the man. So this whole concept right now of Oculus, if you're not familiar with that, that's that headset that ties everybody into the virtual reality world of, of Satan. Okay, so that, this has been a, this was one of the biggest gifts given this year. Many, many parents gave that as a gift. Now, we are still living in somewhat traditional roles. But from a parenting point of view, the mother is always going to be closer to the parenting of a child than the father. The father is always going to have a great re relationship, but the mother's always going to have that very special place with the child. I would hope you carried the child, and hopefully that bond is as dear as it should always be. So what we're discovering now, not that anybody should be surprised, is that it has al already they have started working in special rooms in the VR space to groom children, and to prepare them by pedophiles. And here's the great part is you as parents can't see what the child is seeing. 
So there's all sorts of parents that have bought their kids the VR headsets. And it's already surfacing. There's a big video that came out today on VSF Studios on VSF Studios on YouTube where it was recorded. And we'll put it in the Bard's family telegram room where it was recorded of a predator grooming a young child inside this VR room. This is where we're headed. And the problem is that as we increase the burden on the families, which is, is escalating, as we squeeze that with an increased fear of violence, as we continue to turn this society on its head, as this continues to be played over and over like a broken record through the emotional line of people to incite their fear, anxiety, etc., to keep control over their minds, there's only one thing that's going to give us strength through this, and I don't care if you're a man or a woman, and it's the strength and relationship in Christ. But we don't teach a martial side of Christ. We teach... What is common in the church is the compliant side of Christ, the non-defiance side of Christ, the everyone needs to get along side of Christ, that marshmallow stuff. And I go back to women because you have an opportunity right now to be leading some of this. And whether you're comfortable with it or not, you're going to have to take a step in and find good male partners to work with, not in a relationship, highlight that, emphasize that, quipple, triple, triple, exclamation point, because that's one of the biggest problems we have right now is this sexual thing that goes on between people, and we don't have time for that sort of garbage. And I'm not telling everybody to walk celibate. That's not my point. But in the sense of when I talk about things of having a partnership, teaming up, building these teams of strength, they have to be built on the foundation of a Christ and walking forward in this war as warriors. But there's also some important communication issues that we have to come to respect. Just so I say it, women... Men really don't get into a lot of the emotional dribble that you all love to do. Just being blunt. You love to chat about everything under the sun, and that's cool. But when you're talking to a man, it doesn't usually resonate well. We have a way of looking at the world that is very efficient. It's very tactical. It's very precise. Hopefully, you know, if you're dealing with a man that wears skinny jeans and is drinking tons of soy, I cannot tell you how they think. I don't even know who the hell they are. And unfortunately, that's become like way too much of our role model for what men are supposed to be. But when I, I say these things, it's important to understand that there has to be some modeling of behavior. And remember, and it's important, women, to remember that men are in a position right now placed there to a large degree by the roles and attacks that women have waged on the male gender, whether that's on whoever did it is irrelevant. We are very limited to what we can even engage with with women. So the tendency is just not to engage at all. 
It's just like not worth my time, not worth the headache, not even trying to go there. But leadership is a big thing. And it has not been part of the culture of women. Now, watch this, because I think women in particular pay attention to what I'm about ready to say. Do you notice how many gender flips weenie snippers are now leading in, in places across our nation? Now, think about what I just said. You've got a male base that does a snip and tuck that now becomes a woman and wants to be recognized as a woman and wants to lead and is doing so right now. This is how screwed up things are doing, and they're doing it in on purpose because they're using the idea the vulnerability, the concept of being a woman, but they're using what's left of them as a man, which, by the way, is not the good part of men. It's more like the predatorial psychopath of men, and most of them don't have any empathy. Now, I don't know why women are even tolerating this. I mean, if anything, women should be, like, screaming down the doors, tearing down the paper on the walls, and beating these people over the head with sticks because they're stepping in and acting like you. And if we say anything, it's like, you are a homophobe. You are a transgender, transgender hater. I think transgenders are freaks. I'm going to be blunt about it. And I think... Pretty much that whole alphabet are a bunch of deviants. But where's the where's the outrage for the women? You know, we have we don't have many. There's a few. They come over and they're like, I want to be a man. We're like, whatever. I'll tell you what, this is how men will solve it. It's like, you want to be a man? All right, cool. Tell you what, we're gonna go cut down a tree today and you're gonna haul it all yourself. See how you do on that one. And then they're like, well, that's kind of hard work. It's like, then get out of here. You're not a man. So there is no way that we can win this as men. And women, like I said, it's, it's real convenient. I mean, I hate to say it, but you're not stepping up as a whole. I mean, yes, you're stepping up into the roles of leadership, but what that means and how that has to be led and how that, if you're going to step in there, well, like it or not, and this is one of the greatest, <laughs> greatest tricks. I still laugh at this every time I say it. You're like, you want to be in the leadership role? Sure, no problem. And then what happens? Women step in there and they want to act like men because the whole institutions are structured like men, but then they become worse. It's like, what happened? So it's either like they're in their coven or they go over here and they become tyrannical. And part of what's happening is there's no guidance. There's no spiritual team around them. And if it is, it's all women. We can't do this. We're not becoming like druids again. So we need, look, we need strength back in this country, like it or not. And we need a whole bunch more testosterone in this country. Sorry if that's stepping on your toes, but that's the truth. 
and we need to start getting a strength back in our male core. And part of that can happen as in a good marriage when a really good wife continues to support and empower their husband. That's how God intended. I mean, this idea, for example, I, this one, I just spin my head at this all the time. Women can now fight in combat. I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm going to tell you, there's a whole bunch of guys are going to be like, yeah, go for it, man. Enjoy yourself. Wait till you see the caskets coming back and let's see how we deal with that one. And I, I just shake my head at this. I'm like, all right, can he get more dumb? And, and here's another part. I always run into this. You always run into the ones that are like career driven, the women. And they're driving hard at this and they're pulsating hard to get higher in the ladder and climb on up. And then they get to that point and they're like 39, 40, 42. And they're like, oh, I wish I could have had kids. Well, sorry. I mean, you made some selfish choices. So the traps are all set to take women away from their roles. So as a, another part of this, women, don't be too quick to grab onto what looks good because it's very much like the apple. And once you bite from it, there's no going back. So we've come a long way around this to get back to Genesis. And it's a powerful place to consider that we have to start reflecting deeply on what's put before us. The dark forces right now are designing a work constantly to upend us. And we're, we're looking at a binary fight once again. It's the, it's the good versus evil. And women are being thrust in the roles of leadership now and Satan's counting on the fact that because women are tend to be more emotionally based that he can influence them to a darker side. But the most amazing thing is there is a third way. And I just hit on it a minute ago. And so women, I'm going to thrust this out to you and men, I hope you hear it well. We need to encourage male leadership. And one of the great places that that actually happens is from the woman. And we need women encouraging great leadership in our men. And men, you need to start listening to those good women that are telling you to step up. And that's a really interesting place that we arrive because that's not the binary path. That's that other path that God puts before us. We need to reset our families. We know that. We need to get back to nurturing in the family. We need to have the woman nurturing our children. And there's been a great deal of that going on from the defense point of the family, which every time I see that, I just, I just, I admire the women and I growl at the men. It's like, where are you? Now, in fairness, we're seeing more and more men standing up, thank goodness. And it's a beautiful thing to see when you see strong men standing up. But I've said this from the very beginning. If men had come together, think of them like deacons, deacons in the church. 
If men had come together in groups and sat down with their school board members and their county commissioners one-on-one in, in just over coffee at the local diner, when this whole garbage started and laid the law down to say, this is what's not going to happen in our county, this is what will happen, and this is how you will tow the line, and if you step out of the line, we're going to remove you. And they were laid, given the rules of March, we would not be where we are today. But we're left with men stepping off the plate and women having to lead the fight. And like I've said so many times, thank goodness somebody did. But now the greatest challenge, and I think women, you're going to find this to be one of the greatest challenges, is to step away from the apple, the offering of the apple, which is the lure of power and leadership. And while there's going to be plenty of room for you to do that, when the opportunity arises to encourage and support good, powerful men to step into the ring. And once we start to get that balance back, I think we'll see whole mountains shift and move. Just my thoughts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these times, and we're blessed to be in this time, but we also are very aware of the challenges that are set before us. We are literally living through an inversion of everything that you created, and that's putting stress on all of us in different ways. How we are, who we are as people defined by you from the beginning in the garden is once again at the very core being challenged by Lucifer himself. And Lord, as I see things, as I've talked here tonight, it's as if we have the tree of knowledge luring us in once again, that that temptation to bite from the apple. And once again, the metaphor of Eve has become the collective of women that are being drawn in to this place of power. Lord, we pray this evening for discernment. We pray this evening for conversation and and clear communication between us all to seek out not by gender or sex but instead to seek out the wholesomeness in relationship to Christ to lead us we are cannot simply turn the tables back at this point Lord but we can work together in more traditional roles to encourage those roles to reset and support each other as that happens. And for that, I pray and I hope others will join. This is a difficult row we all walk. And Lord, there's no easy ways through this. You have given great insight and great gifts to your children. And many women have stood up and we are blessed. Right now, Lord, we need to see more men. And with your blessing, if you can bless our women to encourage those men to stand up and be bold and see more of them, I think we will start to see some big shifts. We need stronger men. And we need greater support in that place from our women. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Never an easy topics. And I just want to be clear again, there's no stones being thrown here. 
but they're observations that I think are important to reflect upon. We're in a very challenging time. And it's times that we have to really reflect back on what God's intent is and our love of Christ at the center. We truly do need stronger men. And a lot of them. So let's pray that we continue to see that. So I hope you have a very blessed evening. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us, and our prayers are so essential right now to keep us all in that clear focus of where God wants to take us. In a world that is completely upside down and constantly turning like a paint shaker, the one thing we can count on is God's wisdom and truth, and God is always with us. He'll never forsake us. We just have to trust more deeply in him. So, God will win this. There's no question about it, but we have a very important role and we are in some challenging places, each and every one of us. And that traditional role of men and women has been so flipped around and chopped and diced, added in with a whole bunch of spice known as LGBTQ. It's hard sometimes to see our way. But God's going to provide that clarity as long as we trust in him. Because in the end, he does win. So have a blessed evening. We'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove That we could stand here too All the nights been pushing through Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now
sun sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. On this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Thank、you.